Where does creativity fit into compliance? In more places than you think. Problem solving, accountability, communication, and connection. They all take creativity. Join your hosts, Tom Fox and Ronnie Feldman on Creativity and Compliance, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again with Ronnie Feldman for another episode. Ronnie, first of all, welcome. Oh, thanks. Always fun to hang and talk with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, Ronnie, I wanted to explore with you something that you have, I've heard you talk about before, and I wanted to maybe get you to expand a little bit on, which is what, uh, what we call the fun theory. What is the fun theory and how does it relate to compliance? Yeah, well, so the, the, this is not a new concept. This bubbled to the surface about 10 years ago when it crossed my radar. Um, simply stated, the fun theory states that the easiest way to change behavior is by making it fun to do. Um, so not uh, hugely, uh, not a huge revelation there, but there is some interesting science behind it. Um, and the thing that brought it to my attention was, um, I think it was Volkswagen. Um, let's not talk about the, the problems Volkswagen has had. Let's talk about this fun study that they did 10 years ago called the Fun Theory. And what they did is they um, raised money and gave grants to uh, people who had submitted ideas on how to take how to try and change behavior by doing th- things that are fun. One of the more popular ones is called the piano staircase. If uh, people haven't uh, seen that before, I'll, I'll just do a quick description, but go, uh, you can Google that. And basically what they did was they had a, a long escalator in a very public uh, uh, place. This is in um, a country in Europe. And uh, what they did is overnight, they changed the staircase next to it into a working uh, piano where each step looked like uh, a key on the piano board and made an, uh, a musical note when you stepped on it. And they watched uh, over time more and more people use the stairs because they found it really fun to uh, use the stairs because they were dance on it and make musical notes on it. And more people went up and down and used the stairs than the escalator because it was fun to do. Um, they had like uh, another study that was funded where it was like a recycling uh bottle uh, uh recycling machine but you got it was like an arcade and you got points for whether you put the plastic in the plastic and the glass in the glass um and the other one that i really enjoyed was there was one where they actually uh called a speed camera lottery uh and what they did was they basically said if you operate uh, uh at the speed limit within the law um, you have the opportunity to win money from the people who were speeding. <laughs> so they basically took the speeders and took a percentage of the money from people who had to pay speeding tickets and gave it back to the people who followed the rules. And they showed over time that they got more people to obey the speed limit. So these are all really fun studies that were done 10 years ago that that uh, proved through these these studies that they could change behavior by taking very mundane or serious things and making them fun. So I encourage you to go out and watch those if uh, uh, if you haven't. And uh, the, uh, the parallels to ethics compliance are obvious, which is serious, potentially mundane subjects that perhaps are, are best um, – perhaps the best way to change people's behavior around them is to make the training and activities around them a little bit more fun. 
what do you think about that, Tom? I have some other stuff to talk about, but I wanted to get your reaction. So I'm really uh, kind of intrigued by the basic premise, Ronnie, and uh, I wanted to uh, maybe expand on uh, moving from fun. Would that even include entertaining? Well, sure. I mean, you're sort of parsing words. I sometimes use the word fun instead of funny because to ethics compliance professionals, you're like, hey, let's make some funny videos, and that that's off-putting. But if you say make it fun, uh, somehow that phrasing is a little easier to digest. Uh, but yeah, and entertaining and fun. Well, the, the, some of the science behind it, I mean, again, this isn't rocket science. I think we all intuitively know this. But when you do, if you read some behavioral studies on it, like when you do something at fun, it feels good. And people like to do things that feel good. It releases endorphins and it's intrinsic, intrinsically rewarding. And um, so that, that obviously uh, uh, incentivizes people to do those activities more. It's motivating. Um, obviously, people are motivated to do things that are more interesting and entertaining than they are that are not. Um, it's been proven that things that are entertaining and fun are, have a longer-lasting effect, effect. They're more memorable. Um, and, of course, we know this is important in learning, in adult learning, well, in any kind of learning, is that repetition is important. And if you want to do things multiple times, you better make that interesting or else you get the opposite effect, which is fatigue. You know what, you, uh, Tom, you had mentioned before, or maybe we, I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast, but like um, airplane safety videos is another interesting parallel. It's not parsing words. It's having definition. <laughs> and entertaining and fun are, are two different things, both enjoyable, both pleasant. Yet, in my mind, they're two, two distinct forms of communication. Uh, well, explain, explain the difference. Tell me the difference. So fun makes me laugh. Entertaining makes me want to watch more. Oh, okay. I get it. Uh, we're going to now incorporate fun and entertaining uh, into one. Um, I was intrigued. Uh, I think it was about uh, six or nine months ago. Matt Kelly wrote a blog post over on Radical Compliance about a trip he had made uh, to the West Coast. He lives in Boston, and he uh, I think it was a couple of flights, and he watched. He was on Delta, and he watched the safety training videos. And he he wrote in his blog post that uh, it was uh, not formulaic, but but fairly straightforward and, and fairly droll, and that while you might watch the first one because it's a video and therefore of some minimal entertainment value, um, you probably wouldn't watch it again, and you would shut down. And, and I disagreed with him on a couple of airlines I think we're both familiar with, Ronnie. Um, on the video side, United has what I find to be the most engaging airline safety videos because each point they make in the video, it is made by a United employee, whether it's no smoking, whether it's put on your seatbelt, whether it's pay attention to the announcements. And uh, they are filmed um, on, in exotic locations um, and with a wide variety of uh, different sets. Uh, and I always find them entertaining. Uh, and not only do I find them entertaining, but I'm sure the employees who... Uh, put them on are engaged further as employees. If I could contrast that with a completely different approach, which is fun and entertaining, and that's Southwest Airlines. Uh, Southwest Airlines does not use videos. They are the only airline I'm aware of that still uses live uh, flight attendants to make safety announcements. And, and they make it a fun, 
in, engaging event with, uh, and they take feedback from the passengers. It is uh, sort of one big laugh, but they still communicate the basics. Uh, no smoking, put on your seatbelt, pay attention to the announcements, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I find both approaches uh, enjoyable, and more importantly, I pay attention while they're doing it. Yeah, well, I always find that the airplane safety video conversation is a perfect parallel for ethics and compliance uh, because you have a, a extremely serious subject um, where of, of content that the people feel familiar with, uh, so it feels old. It feels like old news, uh, and they typically, historically, have not paid attention to it. So you've mentioned a couple of my favorites. I think Southwest, I credit them for sort of starting the, the trend of just allowing human personality to come out to talk, to talk like a human being versus write, saying rote words. And then um, actually not as familiar with the United one, um, but uh, Virgin American has made music videos. Uh, New Zealand Air got a lot of notoriety for doing some, some stuff that involved like The Hobbit and stuff like that. <laughs> They put some real production value behind it. Um, so, yeah, like it, it, it's a perfect parallel. Very serious subject. They're not making fun of the issue. They, what they are doing is taking en- different entertainment devices uh, that get you to pay attention, uh, which is exactly what we need to be doing more of in this community. Ronnie, if we could maybe turn to a little more serious note, because I think you have some fairly strong opinions about why the fun theory is so important and more importantly, why it's so important in the uh, employment context. So I was wondering if you might uh, kind of turn to that. Well, say what, uh, clarify, what do you mean in the employment context? So um, uh, when you use fun to try to communicate, to engage employees as opposed to using scare tactics. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, well, one of the reasons why – thank you. So one of the reasons why it's, I think, extremely important in ethics and compliance is um, – I mean, obviously, I, I'm in the business of – my business is at Learnings and Entertainments to take these very serious subjects and find creative and entertaining ways to deliver those to employees. So this, this is sort of what I think about all the time, um, and we try and create content on that. Um, uh, but I, I, I often ask some of my clients to articulate – why they chose to do this um, so that they can uh, – so one, I can do a better job of telling this to others. Uh, and the thing that comes up most often is that scare tactics, which is I think the traditional way that ethics and compliance professionals have tried to get people to stay in line, they, you know, they fire uh, – they publicly fire someone who does something wrong. They say, don't do this. It'll hurt the reputation of the company. You know, you'll get yourself in trouble and you'll break some laws. And, and while these things are not necessarily the wrong way to do it, what it can do is drive bad behavior underground. So if you're only using scare tactics and some people are on the margin or they accidentally do something wrong or they uh, see something wrong, they're, they're going to bury it. And I think what – what we're evolving to in this community is trying to create a social environment where we can, for lack of a better word, uh, police ourselves to get people to talk to each other about these things and to speak up about it um, to each other and to the powers that be through the hotline, through the ethics office, through managers and managers, managers, through the ombudsman, through the HR department. And the, and the way to get people to speak up about these things is to not be so scary. 
Um, I always come back to the same quote I often say, which is from John Cleese, which is humor is one of the fastest ways to get people from the closed mode to the open mode. So whether you're, you're talking about humor or entertainment or fun or, or, or what we're saying is approachable and not scary, these things allow a, an avenue for people to then talk about these issues. And they also make you less scary so they are more likely to come and talk to you. <laughs> so that type of environment uh, is certainly one that uh, you want to foster. And Ronnie, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I was wondering if you might be able to sort of uh, sum up in a couple of points uh, the fun theory and why you think it's so important um, in the employment context. Yeah. Well, so in short, it's you know, it's, it, it's just because it's a serious subject doesn't mean that the delivery mechanism in which you communicate that has to be serious. You can separate uh, the what from the how. So uh, I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that trying to make your training fun, trying to make your messaging more entertaining uh, are, are very helpful ways to counterbalance the maybe some of this, the scariness of the subject matter. Um, so I encourage people to um, look for creative new ways to make their uh, presentation, their brand, and their training more entertaining and fun. So, Ronnie, uh, thanks so much uh, for this podcast, and I hope our listeners will join us uh, next time. All right. Catch you later. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Creativity and Compliance. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.